Welcome to Continuum, a podcast dedicated to your health. We'll introduce you to individuals throughout the healthcare world, from patients to providers, with a focus on inspiration and education. In this episode, we speak with Jennifer Hada, a physical therapist at San Joaquin Valley Rehabilitation Hospital in Fresno, California. Jennifer explains the differences between physical and occupational therapy and how physical therapy can help in the fight against opioid addiction. She also shares some of the less obvious diagnoses physical therapy can help treat. So today we are talking physical therapy and we are very grateful to have Jennifer with us. And right out of the gate, uh, some people may not realize that there are actually different specializations within physical therapy. Jennifer, what do you specialize in? I'm a physical therapist uh, specializing in stroke and brain injury. So right now I'm with the stroke rehab team. Awesome. And I understand you are a California native. I'm from Fresno, California, born and raised. And I actually started working Um, and wanting to work in outpatient with sports medicine. And then I took an internship in the neuro PT setting and just completely fell in love with it. So um, that's the direction I've been going since I've graduated um, at California State University, Fresno. Cool. So we're going to kind of take a look at just physical therapy in general. Um, So I want to start with one of the first sort of basic questions, which would be, who are physical therapists? What, where do they fit into, we'll say, the healthcare continuum? I think that we fit into um, all aspects of healthcare. Um, we fit into preventative healthcare, um, teaching healthy habits, um, good body mechanics to prevent injuries. So we're definitely part of that aspect. We're in the aspect of hospitals and post-op, so we can do rehab in both um, in hospital settings and then rehabilitation settings, and then we can also work um, in outpatient, so that's like after surgery, or even if you haven't had surgery but you're having pain and you want to address your pain um, non-surgically, we're in that aspect as well. I feel like uh, every physical therapist um, will say that we can touch many lives through all ages um, because we have pediatric settings for children, um, geriatric settings, all the way till end-of-life comfort care. So physical therapy is something that I feel is an area of healthcare that maybe people don't realize they can benefit from because we have so many different scopes, so many different hats. Right. The more education that we can get out there, people can really take advantage of physical therapy services. Cool. So another term that we hear uh, along with physical therapy is occupational therapy. Now, what are some of the basic differences there? Um, if If I'm coming to, let's say, whether it's inpatient or outpatient, if I'm coming in and, you know, is it likely that I would have occupational therapy without physical therapy or do you have to go through physical therapy first? Can you, can you walk us through some of that? So um, I like 
I mean, we work here in rehab really closely with OTs, so I think in some settings there we do get some overlapping of what physical therapists do and what occupational therapists do, but the biggest difference is that um, occupational therapists in their scope of practice, um, they look at the activities of daily living, which include how independent are you with bathing, dressing, um, self-care like grooming. They also look at meal prepping. Can you cook yourself a meal? Can you sustain your life um, by cleaning your house and making food, going to the grocery store? They also have a scope of practice that they kind of incorporate vision. Even though PT does, occupational therapy does as well. They have an aspect of cognition. So the difference, I feel, is the big difference is that occupational therapists work a little bit more with how can you take care of yourself, how well can you take care of yourself. And then physical therapy, we kind of address a little bit more of how well can you move around your environment. Um, the big overlapping is that, of course, for occupational therapy, they will come in and have the patient walk or stand, work on balance, because you do need those things to be able to get to the bathroom, get to the kitchen. But right. the actual interventions to improve the walking, to improve the balance, may be done a little bit more on the physical therapy aspect sure. of the care. Um, I do know that we do have patients that need one aspect more than the other. It's not always that because you're having physical therapy, you also need occupational therapy and vice versa. You may need one scope of practice more than the other, um, but sometimes they do intertwine very well with each other to right. have those functional outcomes and to make the patient more independent. So shifting gears a little bit, you know, there is an opioid epidemic going on. Uh, you know, the pharmaceutical industry is what it is. We're bombarded with drugs and thing, advertisements all the time. And, um, you know, physical therapy in not obviously not every case, but I think more than people realize physical therapy can supplement or be seen as an alternative to uh many of the drugs that are prescribed to patients daily, including opioids. Can you speak to that from your perspective uh, as, a, as a physical therapist? Well, actually, I couldn't agree with you more that um, if a patient or a person would, I guess, seek physical therapy, like you said, each person is different. Their bodies are different. But if we can take the less medicated route um, to make the patient better, that's the route I would always encourage a patient to take. Um, putting foreign things into our bodies, we just, no matter how many studies are done with drugs and opioids and different medications, we never know what it's going to do to affect our body. And I guess the, the way I look at it as well is Drugs and medications and opioids and different medical things in that aspect could just be a Band-Aid, so to speak. So we're just kind of covering the pain, but we're not getting down to the root of what's causing the pain. And I think that that's a great benefit of physical therapy. If we try to get down to the root of the pain, 
to then um, address it and then hopefully alleviate it so then the patient and the person aren't feeling like they have to rely on medication right. or medication management. Yeah. So um, I'm definitely all for trying conservative first with physical therapy. Um, for example, we just had a patient here that felt like they couldn't walk, couldn't balance because their leg kept giving out on them related to pain. Um, so you do the assessment and you figure out that the pain is caused by uh, misaligned joints. So we as physical therapists can help realign joints help strengthen the muscles to then stabilize the joints. Um, and our patient actually is doing phenomenal. He gets to go home, doesn't need any help. But prior to, he was telling me, well, just let me take my pain medication. Let me just take my pain medication. But that didn't um, alleviate the buckling he was having in his leg when he did have pain. Right. And then since we addressed the cause and the issue of the pain, is definitely more independent now. I have a similar story. I, I, I did a, like a 5K run years ago and really hurt my back doing that. And yeah, I could have taken pain medication and this and that, uh, but my wife actually recommended that I go uh, to get a, an evaluation at an outpatient clinic. They took a look at me. They discovered that I had a disc derangement and they then also, through the eval process, discovered that uh, my core strength was not adequate. And so I was given uh, physical therapy for a number of weeks that focused, if I recall correctly, uh, obviously my core strength. And uh, yeah, it, it pretty, pretty much alleviated the need for any sort of uh, pain medication. Uh, so I... I I have been through it, and I can say that that there, you know, as you said earlier, every case is different, but it it's certainly you know more, I think, minimally invasive to to at least try physical therapy first to find that root cause. Right, it, like you said, it's all case by case, but generally speaking, if you can get down to the root cause of why your body is reacting a certain way to cause pain, and you fix that, um, obviously there has to be a little bit of work put into it, right, to strengthen your core. In your case, you had to do exercises, you went through a program, but I think the benefits of doing things uh, minimally invasive, um, with the least amount of medication management is always going to be better for our bodies in general. Right. Um, so putting a little bit of work into it to have the relief, to have better outcomes with your physical therapist, I think is, is really good. And it's the way I encourage patients to go um, as a first resort versus um, after they've tried all these things and then they seek out physical therapy. I always encourage my family, my friends, why don't you seek out physical therapy first before you go and try all these other other routes to manage your pain? Yeah, I can get why it's a tough thing just simply because what's easier, popping a pill or doing a bunch of exercises in a therapy gym? Unfortunately, you know, uh, our culture we could be accused of, uh, you know, <laughs> looking at things that way and even though 
in the long run, it's not the right approach. In, in, in the short term, it's easier. And so therefore, it's the more desired uh, path to take. And, and it's unfortunate. It is, because I do feel like um, speaking on that, I've met a lot of patients along the way that have come to therapy and they do get results. Yeah. But I will have to say we're working with our bodies. It's going to take time. It's going to take the effort to put in. And I think a lot of people right now seek the quick fix. The quick fix. Yeah. I have to work tomorrow. I have my grandchild or my child to look over. I need to be better tomorrow. And the reality is, is if you put in a little bit of work and maybe it takes a week or two and you start to feel better, the longevity of sustaining the pain-free life or sustaining um, the mobility and your agility is better if you put the time in right now while you can versus, like you said, maybe masking it with pain medication or masking it in other ways. But I can understand and relate with the fast-paced world that we're living in, that people just want that quick fix. So so on a similar but a little bit different area of physical therapy is is dizziness. I don't know that it's terribly obvious, but for people that suffer from vertigo uh, or a BPPV, uh, that physical therapy is a very logical, again, case by case, but a logical uh, sort of consideration for treating something like this. Yes. Um, I feel like it's an area that is, I don't know how to put it, but like kind of looked over, Mm. so to speak, where people maybe get vertigo and they're like, well, nothing can help, but if I take my medication, my dizziness goes away. But it's such an intricate um, system, our balance in our inner ear, the vestibular system that causes the dizziness and the vertigo. But people specialize in that. Physical therapists can get specialties in a lot of different areas. I think it's something that um, consumers or patients and people don't realize. Just like doctors have specialties in oncology and cardiovascular and neurology. Physical therapists, we seek out specialties in vestibular, um, orthopedics, neurological interventions. So there are people out there, physical therapists, that specialize in treating vertigo. Um, we have a clinic here in Fesno, actually. This physical therapist, she is so smart. I am just in awe of her and what she can do for patients with vertigo. It's life-changing. Um, yeah, I, I actually imagine. had a student who, because I live in California, it's very warm, in the summers, had a heat-related vestibular issue. He went to her a couple weeks later. He was fine. But initially, the doctors were like, oh, it's just dizziness here. Take this medication. He's a student in physical therapy. He he knows, no, there's other ways I can have this resolved. I don't want to rely on medication for the rest of my life. So he pursued having treatment by the specialist, and he is now fine, no need for medication. So it was, it's really beneficial. It's an area that is really, um, like I said, overlooked as far yeah. as people seeking treatment for their dizziness and their vestibular issues. So, yeah, it seems, it, it seems like we need, 
it almost seems like as, as much as we, we have pharmaceutical reps in and out of uh, doctor's offices and things like that, I almost need, uh, and I'm sure there are actually, in fact, I know there are because I remember my wife going around uh, to various doctor's offices and making sure that they, you know, understand the capabilities of, of her clinic and things like that, and making sure to advocate uh, for these uh these types of approaches, which, again, it, every patient's different, but, you know. Right, and getting the word out is half, half the battle. Yeah. Um, I mean, in day-to-day life, when I tell people, oh, yeah, I'm a physical therapist, the first thing I swear that people say is, oh, can you give me a massage? I really have pain oh, in man. my neck. I'm like, well, actually, physical therapy does more than just massage. So I think half the battle, like you said, just like there's pharmaceutical reps, we have representation for different clinics. People go out to promote their clinics, um, to educate the doctors and the different offices just how big the scope of physical therapy is, to know that there are options for their patients out there that physical therapy can help with. Right. And then, it, and then, of course, it's also communicating to the patient right out of the gate. And I think this is this is also up to the physician for sure. Uh, but also, I imagine you guys spend quite quite a bit of time as well, really making sure that the, the patient's expectations are in line with reality. Yes. A lot of what we do as well as treat the patients and make them better is just education, education of what to expect, education um like I said, of preventative. So mm. maybe we help somebody, they get better. How can we prevent this from happening again? So there are huge aspects of education um, that go along with everything that we do. Right. So now let's talk about people that... So what, we, what we've been focusing on are the types of physical therapy uh, patients or potential patients that it's somewhat you could you could debate whether physical therapy or pain medication or occupation you know whatever the approach is it's debatable what's best for them but there are many patients out there where it is not a debate it is very clear that they need physical therapy uh, and these are found I would argue more in the inpatient rehabilitation setting people that have suffered from things like brain injury a stroke uh, etc so uh, we know that you work in a inpatient setting as well yes so um, here we do see a lot of patients around our area for stroke and brain injury um, strokes actually unfortunately are occurring a lot earlier in life I feel people don't realize that, um, that preventative measures can help in some cases, but there are cases where um, patients have um, arteries, vessels, heart defects that they're born with that they don't realize. So we are seeing strokes in pediatrics, which are children, and um, I just had a patient recently, 34, Um, He was a physique competitor, so I mean, he's working out, he's eating healthy, he had a heart defect he didn't know about, Mm. you know, it's 
pretty typical sometimes when people have a heart defect, they may not know about it until something happens. So his little thing is that he had a stroke. So those people definitely do need rehab. They do need physical therapy to help um, get them back to a level where they can function and um, get around with the least amount of what we call burden to caregivers or to family members. Mm. Um, the, the thing about the stroke rehab is that people can keep getting better. They can seek physical therapy throughout their continuum of care when they're in acute hospital when it first happens to a rehabilitation unit to then possibly home health physical therapy where they come to them in their home or outpatient where they go to the clinic. Outpatient isn't just for people who have back pain or post-surgery. A lot of outpatient clinics be neurological for people who have had strokes, who have had brain injury, who have the dizziness. Um, so it's really nice to see and follow the patient through all aspects and see them get better mm. um, and recover from their strokes because patients can get better. When the effort is put in by the physical therapist and by the patient, patients will get better, but they do need that skilled intervention from their physical therapist to help guide them, and right. give them the right exercises, right tools to help them along the way. Right. So... In the inpatient setting, it seems more like the physical therapist's role is much more integral than maybe it would be in an outpatient setting for the overall case. Meaning, I, I guess I kind of said before, when you have somebody that has back pain, there's, again, that sort of debate, well, do I, do I want to do this the right way or do I want to do it the wrong way? In an inpatient setting, it's, it's absolutely... Physical therapy and occupational therapy are integral to that person uh, being discharged to a lower level of care. Right, because we are getting, like you said, an outpatient, people are driving usually, they're still walking, they're still capable, but they have a certain level of pain that maybe impairs them from doing what we would consider higher level activities. Like, oh, I have pain, so I can't go walk around um, the mall today because it'll flare my back pain but they're still able to cook, clean, take care of themselves. Um, when patients are in the inpatient setting, that's all stuff that they're hoping to get better to do. Because right now they're needing all this care from just getting out of the bed to just performing a transfer from their bed into the wheelchair just to help to stand up. So um, inpatient, one of the reasons why I gravitated towards inpatient is because we do play a very integral part of a patient being able to then transition home. Without this level or this step in the rehab process or their therapy process, I feel like a lot of people would become maybe what we consider like a bed-bound or yeah. something um, where they needed to use their wheelchair all the time. But when patients come here, if we can you know, hit the ground running with physical therapy and sometimes, like I said, occupational therapy together, working together, 
outcomes and the quality of life for these patients, it just exponentially gets better for them. Um, you know, we've had patients come in who we, some would consider bed-bound because they can't um, get out of the bed by themselves. I'm thinking of one particular person who just, I grew to just love so much because of how much we were able to help him reach his goals. He came in um, with a stroke, needed help from what we call two people. One person couldn't help him enough um, because of how hard and severe his stroke had hit him. By the time he left our unit in our rehab facility, he was walking. Now he comes to visit um, walking without a walker. He comes up and is like, hey, Jen, look at me. Look what I can do. <laughs> and that right there is the whole reason I just fell in love with not only physical therapy, but helping those that um, couldn't help themselves so this setting was just, it just pulls at your heartstrings sometimes. Yeah. Not to say others don't because you are making a great change in people's quality of life, but to know that um, a physical therapist can take somebody who couldn't even get out of bed on their own and to see them walking and then hopefully safely driving again. <laughs> That's a different story, but right. <laughs> um, to hear that they're getting back into all those aspects of life yeah. is just phenomenal. Yeah, you're basically giving someone the keys to uh, continue on improving their lifestyle uh, when maybe at a time they really thought that wouldn't be possible. I, that, that's got to be very impactful for, for both uh, caregiver and patient. Oh, we, we've had tears up here on our rehab floor for people that, for lack of better terms, felt like they would just give up because they're like, well, I'm not going to have my wife or my husband do all this for me for the rest of my life. And I'm like, no, that's not, you know, that's not you. So let's get you better. So seeing that physical therapy can make that change not just necessarily for the stroke population and patients who've had a stroke, but for other patients as well. I right. mean, we get patients here in rehab that maybe were in the hospital for three weeks and they're just not strong enough and they leave here walking. So, I mean, we help so many different aspects of patients um, and patient care in rehab. Um, just like you said, to give them a better outlook on life and what they can do and the possibilities. I always tell them, look at your abilities versus your inability to do things, um, keeping it positive so then that way they can reach their goals and then transition to then outpatient and keep growing and keep getting better. So in kind of summing things up, we, as we mentioned before, there is this tendency for a physician, a doctor or whatever to prescribe pain med over physical therapy and things like that right and then as you as you mentioned there was a, a young man who said well i don't i don't know about going that route i'd like to investigate physical therapy before i go uh dealing with pain medication so in general how say your your doctor is goes one route with you and you want to go the physical therapy route 
what would you recommend for someone who is relatively clueless on how to find a physical therapist? Yeah, unfortunately, like you said, um, sometimes the doctors just do go towards the prescribing of medications versus offering the more conservative care, which is physical therapy. And it's not to say they like the pharmaceutical aspect more than the physical therapy aspect, but it comes down to do they understand and know what we can do in our profession to sure. help their patients. Sure. Yeah. Um, so first thing I would recommend, um, if somebody feels like they want to try physical therapy and they don't want to keep you know, taking pain medications or if their doctor is saying, well, no, you need surgery, and they're like, well, I'm nervous about surgery. Let me just try conservative management first. I would encourage them to ask their physician um, to write an order or write a referral to a physical to physical therapy because unfortunately you can't just take a patient without a doctor's referral right. um, so we need to have somebody refer them but you I think a lot of doctors nowadays if you ask and let them know well you know I've done some research I really want to try physical therapy please write a referral so, they're usually okay with writing a physical therapy referral for patients when they ask and seek that level of care. Um, and then as far as finding an office, I would just recommend patients to, um, I know it's bad, but Google first or find something in the area, but call. Call the offices. Um, and say, oh, hi, I'm looking for somebody who specializes, you know, in back care. Or I'm somebody looking to specialize in hip and knee care. Um, or I'm looking for somebody who specializes in stroke and brain injury. Or even Parkinson's. We didn't touch right. on that, but Parkinson's is a huge population of patients that physical therapy can help improve the quality of life. And there's people that specialize in that. So whatever it is that you are looking to have treated, I would call the office. Um, a lot of physical therapy offices now are having online websites. And usually they will list what their therapists at their clinic specialize in. Um, so I would just research a little bit before you just go to the first one on the list. And also to be an advocate for yourself. Not every physical therapist um, is going to meet your needs. So then seek another physical therapist. You know, I've had many people sure. here um, where I feel like I can't meet the needs because they need specialized treatment. So I will send them to, we have a spinal cord team. I'm like, oh, them. So I'm always looking for what will benefit my patients most. And I make the appropriate referrals for people who I feel I cannot help personally because I want to see people get better. You definitely don't want to see people go take some steps backwards. So just do the research. And if you feel like, man, this might just not be right, might not be a right fit, you can always seek out a different clinic, a different physical therapist. Because um, I was actually told by one of my patients, Half the battle, too, is making sure that you feel comfortable with your therapist. 
know, they're like, oh, you guys keep it so fun and lively with your team, and it just lifts mom's spirits so she can really put her full effort into physical therapy and occupational therapy to get better. So if you're going to a clinic and you don't feel that, you can always look to find another clinic. You can always look to find another physical therapist. Um, but I would just do research. I would encourage people to research who they're going to go to and making sure they feel like it's a good fit for them. This is all great information and I, hopefully hopefully very beneficial to folks who find themselves in that situation where they're not a huge, again, given the landscape of, of the opioid epidemic and and this this sort of drug heavy kind of culture we live in in terms of uh, uh, pain management and things like that you know seeking out alternatives are uh, that are, are as we keep saying as minimally invasive as possible they may invade on your day-to-day a little bit more for a little bit of time but by going this route for some people instead of taking being reliant on pain medication maybe for the rest of your life and causing other complications you can spend a little bit more time and effort on the front end of things and extinguish whatever it is that is causing said pain so this has been great jennifer i really want to thank you uh, so much for joining us today a lot of great helpful information from i would argue just a general synopsis of what physical therapy is all the way into some of these more specific areas again addressing the opioid epidemic to uh, the differences between occupational therapy and physical therapy and of course the differences between environments like inpatient and outpatient so uh, really really great to have you and, and, and appreciate your time thank you so much for having me I I'm just so passionate about physical therapy and how we can help others that spreading the word and education and educating everybody is just something I've also become passionate about as well. So I I thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks everybody. Bye. Our guest today was Jennifer Hada. To learn more about physical therapy and its many applications, check out the show notes on the Continuum blog at vibrahealthcare.com slash blog. If you enjoyed our conversation with Jennifer, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting platform. And don't forget to subscribe to receive new episodes as they're released.